Hey everyone, welcome to the Green Chair Conversation Podcast. This is the open, honest, authentic space for us to have dialogue together on life through the lens of faith. It's a space to listen, to grow, to be encouraged, and maybe even challenged as we navigate life together. I'm Pastor Jessica Morris, and I'm excited to welcome you to today's conversation. I honestly cannot contain my excitement about today's conversation. We have the incredible honor to sit down with the Ellie Holcomb. Ellie is a well-known Christian singer and songwriter and in 2014 was deemed Best New Artist at the Dove Awards with the launch of her first solo album. Since then, Ellie has released multiple albums, published a children's book, and has recently stepped into some new creative spaces. Ellie lives in Nashville with her husband and their three children, but have strong Memphis ties. In this episode, Ellie gets transparent through her unexpected journey to become a musician, as well as the many twists and turns she has experienced along the way. Get excited. Ellie's words will encourage and challenge and strengthen your faith journey today. So let's get to it and meet Ellie Holcomb in the first ever Zoom Green Chair. Thank you so much for being here with us today. This is our first ever Zoom Green Chair Conversation. So thank you so much for being here with us. Absolutely. I'm so glad to be here. I'm going to pretend that my chair is green too. Yes, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so one of the things I wanted us to spend time in is your story. And honestly, through the lens of Uh, I love how your story has a lot of twists and turns, and you're pretty honest and transparent about how this is not exactly where you thought you would have ended up. And I think that that can relate to to a lot of us as we're taking these twists and turns in life and this unexpected journey. And I actually, I love that you call yourself a uh, accidental or reluctant musician. I love I love that because because you, you weren't necessarily planning on doing all the things that you're doing. So like, let's jump into your story. So tell me like. Was music always the plan? And if not, how on earth did you did you land here? Land here. I love that question. Um, I still feel, well, I'm way less reluctant now because I really love my job. I'm so grateful. But I um I always like to say that God, I think that God has a sense of humor because <laughs> there were a couple of things that I swore that I would never do. I swore that I would never do music. I mm-hmm. swore that I would never marry a musician. And in college, uh, a lot of people would suggest that I should marry this guy who was my best guy friend, Drew Holcomb. And I was like, I will never marry him. <laughs> so, like, he, it just, we, he was like so in the friend zone in my mind. He was, I was like, no, that's like marrying your brother. That'd be so weird. And so I just, I think God has a sense of humor. He's like, cool, cool, cool. You think you're not going to do all that? Great. So I got my master's in education. I was an English teacher. And if you're a teacher, I bless you mm. in the name of Jesus. I think it is such important and beautiful work. And, um, so I uh, just thought, honestly, in my mind, I thought I love being with younger people. I love being with, especially adolescents for some reason. I just love it. And and I just thought that I would be teaching for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, about nine, uh, really six months. It was Thanksgiving after my first full year of teaching. I've been teaching the year before that, getting my master's. But uh, we were in a deer blind in Texas, 
because uh, that's where we go for Thanksgiving with my family. And Drew <laughs> asked me if who I was married to, my best guy friend that I ended up marrying. Mm-hmm. Ha ha, God. Um, I'm so glad. And uh, he said, would you be willing to quit your teaching job and mm-hmm. join me on the road? Because we missed each other. And that's part of the reason why I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to marry a musician. They have to leave because I grew up here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad's a producer. And so I saw from a really young age um, the reason I didn't want to be a musician, as I saw from a young age, one, um, was inspired by the impact of hope that music could have. So I felt like I had a behind-the-curtains, like, vision of that. I would see my dad just weep, telling me these stories of how people heard this song and they decided not to take their life, or all these all these beautiful stories of the power of music to bring hope and connectivity mm-hmm. um, in, in community. Um, but I also saw, I was not enamored with fame at all because I saw as a young kid, a lot of musicians in Nashville, just basically having to leave home all the time. And it was really hard on families. It was hard on marriages. And I was like, no, thank you. (laughs) And so I, um, I was not just, I knew that there was a cost Mm. to the lifestyle of like doing music. And, and so I just wasn't interested. And it's so funny to me that I just ended up in the whole, wholly other lane of like, oh, marry your best friend. Oh, y'all are going to actually do music together. (laughs) Um, And then doing my own music, I never thought that I would release my own music. And Hmm. um, the reason I started writing music that was my own and not for my husband's band was I had a friend who battled depression pretty Hmm. seriously. And um, um, we just, we realized that that we needed... Hmm something to ground ourselves in. Like we needed something like God's word. Mm. That was in God (laughs) and his promises. (laughs) The same yesterday, today, and forever. Because it wasn't enough to just say, that's a lie, that's a lie, that's a lie. Like Mm. we desperately needed truth to ground and to anchor down in. And so we started memorizing God's word. We call the verses that we memorize our fighting words. Um, We are not very good at it, but God's word started changing us from the inside out, not changing our circumstances, but giving us solid ground to stand on when the shame storms that the enemy sends our way day in and day out started rolling in. And so I was really bad at memorizing scripture, but I knew I could sing like a thousand songs. So nothing new under the sun, but I just started writing God's word into music Um, really because for whatever reason, the way God made me is when I sing, I believe. Mm. So if I can sing something, there's something that shifts in my heart. I think most of us mm-hmm. are like that. Like mm-hmm. That's why he says to, to rejoice. It's why he encourages us to sing. Um, because I think that he knows that it is good for our hearts. It shifts our priorities. It, it turns our eyes from just ourselves to him. Mm. And that's a game changer. And so I started writing these songs. I just thought that they were for me and my friend. And since God saying, Hmm. would you be willing to share these with other people? And by that time, we had a one-year-old little girl. I had decided to get off the road with Drew because she was growing up mainly in a car seat. We were in like a conversion (laughs) van touring all over the country. I think by the time she was six months, she'd been to 32 states in Canada. Oh, wow. And then by the time she was a year, she had been to most of those 32 states again. And I just sensed this desire and this kind of need to let her Hmm. be a kid Mm -hmm. and walk around um, and not like bars um, all the time. (laughs) And so um, I was like warming her bottle up in shot glasses. I mean, we were just touring all over. It was just a crazy (laughs) 
it was a wonderful time together as a family, but it, I just sensed like I need to get her home. So mm-hmm. I had actually quit the band, which was a huge step of faith because mm-hmm. uh, I sensed this call to be home. And I thought what God was going to call me to do was to be just writing for myself, maybe for some other artists. And when I sensed him in the same breath, I was doing counseling and he was setting me free from all of this stuff. Like I didn't know there was freedom like I was experiencing. Um, I avoided pain for most of my life, hid most of my brokenness, hid most of the things that I was ashamed of because I didn't know it was okay to not be okay. So I was also in the same season, just experiencing all of this freedom. And what I sensed the Lord asked me to do was, would you be willing to go and play these songs that you're writing for other people? And mainly what I sensed him calling to do, even more so than that, would you be willing to go and be broken Hmm. in front of people in the church? And I was like, no. 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 (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't want to do that. (laughs) I used to be one of those people. I mean, I'm still a person in the church, but I'm like, I know how judgmental people can be. I am not going to share all of my brokenness for all those people because I used to be so judgmental. Like I am not, I don't want to go do that. And, but, and in the same breath, I think there was just this sense of invitation um, that he offered me. And I'm so grateful that I didn't let, um, it just felt like the worst timing. Like, I'm like, I want to have more kids. I want to be a stay at home mom. Like that's my dream. And he, I'm just so glad that I didn't let and there's, and there is nothing wrong with that. Like, I think it's obviously it's like what I wanted to do. I think it is such a beautiful and like powerful witness to who God is to be home with your children. And if that's the only thing that he's called you to like lean into that calling, cause mm-hmm. it is a beautiful one. But for me, I kept sensing this invitation to go do this other thing. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I am afraid of that. This is the worst time to start another music career. Mm-hmm. Like I, this is not m- my plan. Remember I sensed you calling me home and I listened and I obeyed and, and here I am and this is where I'm supposed to stay. And so, you know, a year later, he's calling me back out and I am just so grateful that I didn't let fear. Hmm. Oh, sorry. It makes me choke up and I'm so thankful I didn't let fear um, keep me from a surrendered yes to where Hmm. I sensed him calling me Hmm. Um, because it has been one of the most beautiful, I mean, crazy hard journeys to do this in the season that I'm doing it, like with little kids. But um, I think I I compare it to that season of, you know, the Indiana Jones movie, (laughs) if y'all are younger, you don't know, but that's okay. Um, just go watch Indiana Jones. It's so good. But there's this scene where he's on this like kind of epic adventure and he's supposed to, he's following what this, you know, map and he's supposed to step out into what looks like a cliff. And you're like, oh my gosh, if he takes that step, like he's going to die. And that's how it felt when I started really like making my first record. I did a Kickstarter and I felt like I was going to throw up before we launched. I was like, oh, this is terrible. But I will go where you're calling me to go, Lord, even though it doesn't make sense in my mind. Like in some ways, the stuff that doesn't make sense and that I can't compute in my mind, I'm like, oh yeah, he probably is calling you. <laughs> um, so I, but but when Indiana Jones takes that step, it looks like he's going to die, but the, the ground rises up underneath his feet. And that is what I... Um, have had the privilege of seeing God do Mm. over and over Mm. again through every season. And I'm always holding it like this. Like I'm like always waiting for the day when he's like, okay, it's time to just go back home. And I think honestly, if he told me that now, it would be hard. It would be hard, but I would do it because I am here Mm. 
Mm. for a surrendered yes to where he is leading. And Mm. I'm so grateful that I've had the privilege of uh, being in over my head a lot and seeing him like support me and surround me and guide Mm. me. Mm, I love that. And I love to, you know, I was thinking of like, you kind of already answered this question, but what I really admire about you is that you speak to those broken spaces. And I love that. Like you speak to the loss, you speak to the fear, you speak to the disappointment in a very honest and transparent way that really is relatable. And I appreciate that. And I guess you kind of already answered it because it's part of even your own story and your friend's story. But like, what else, like, why, like, what is the kind of driving force behind speaking into that? Is it just kind of, in a sense, God calling you to speak into that brokenness? Or what is the driving force behind that? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I think, you know, I always, I always tell, uh, my managers are like, oh, woof, you're tough. Because I'm, every time I make a record, I'm like, I'm probably done. Like, God's probably not going to tell me to do this again. (laughs) um, Because I know, because it is, it's a labor. It is Mm. um, a beautiful, like, thing. But to, anyway, I, uh, but I guess the, the main like impetus for me kind of speaking into that is writing music and, and singing music has always been, uh, well, it's always felt like breathing to me. It's just what I've mm. always done. Like in college, I was like a bad version of Taylor Swift because <laughs> my heart was being broken all the time. So I was just, I was just like writing broken heart love songs and singing those <laughs> in the stairwell of my dorm room, you know, uh, like my dorm stairwell. So I wouldn't wake up my roommate. But um, I think for me, uh, life in general, I'm just usually writing through, um, I, I guess I'm asking God to help me believe. Mm-hmm. Like, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And yes. so usually if yes. I'm writing a song, it's coming from walking through suffering and sorrow mm-hmm. and loss and pain and and doubt in my mm-hmm. own life, which we all have mm-hmm. from one degree to another or walking through that stuff Um with the people that I love, the people that we do life with. And mm. so um, like the last record that I made was just Red Sea Road was after this season of like, it wasn't after, I wrote it in the middle of the season. Yes. And the yes. reason I did it is because I wanted to remind my heart that I was seeing God. It was four years of just like so much ache, like mm. and sorrow and seemingly just senseless loss, like the kind of stuff you see God writing this story that you think he's going to write. And you're like, oh, he's redeeming it. He's redeeming it. And then it all falls apart. Mm. And you're like, were you just tricking us? Like, yeah, yeah. I thought this is this was the story that you were going to write. I can still just like burst into tears. Like I still have questions that on the other side of heaven I'm going to get. Yeah. And I'm going to be like, so let's talk about this. Like I saw you be faithful in this, but really that way. Like, <laughs> And so I um, I think what I've seen over the years of walking with Jesus is that it's not in spite of the sorrow and the loss and the pain that I've experienced in my life. It's not in spite of that, that I know that God is real or that I trust that God it's real. It's actually because of walking through some of like the mm. hardest things, the stories that I would never write them that way. Because of that, I have seen God show up in the most broken, darkest, mm. most awful places. And and I know that he's real more now because of seeing his 
presence and his companionship and his empathy and his love and his grace and his light and the hope that says, I've been to this grave, but this isn't the end of the story. Um, I've seen him meet me in ways that um, I just, I will never be able to shake. Mm. Um, And so I think, I think that is the reason I write the songs is because I know that I'll probably forget. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that you, I love that you jumped into the Red Sea Road. Yeah, I love that you jumped into the Red Sea Road too because that's an incredible album, number one. I love the song and I love the album. Uh, But also another layer to that, like you've been saying, walking with family, friends, like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, like, aren't you getting ready to record this and you find out your dad has this like unexpected cancer diagnosis right before you're recording this album? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was wild. We'd been, it was... You know, it was one of those things where I wrote the song um, in the middle of all the broken stories. Like we, there was not mm-hmm. like neatly tied up bows, yes. and yes. which I really like. I think, I think lament and grief is something that I'm learning how to do better. I'm a seven on the enneagram. I hate pain. <laughs> I hate conflict. I want to run away from it, but. As I've leaned into those broken places and mm-hmm. and invited the presence of God, which He's there, but just like acknowledge that, like giving myself space to even realize He's right here with me, um, it's that's been how I've seen how I've seen and experienced Him to be real. But so I was in the middle of all these other stories. We are in pre-production. My dad is a producer actually, and he was you know, producing the record and he got a cancer diagnosis. You know, like nobody is ever ready for that call. I remember being in a Southwest line. I was actually flying back home because we were getting ready to jump into pre-production, which is actually what I'm getting ready to go do again (laughs) um, because I'm getting ready to make another record, which is so wild and wonderful. But I was so devastated. Um, And, you know, you're just never ready for that. And I... Um, so, so we were in pre-production. He had to bow out because he had to have like immediate surgery and, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, was recovering from, from that. And I will never forget, um, before he had that surgery, my mom, uh, and dad about a week after the diagnosis, they just, it was pretty intense and, and they knew they were in for like, well, they didn't know what, but just a hard road, whatever mm-hmm. it was going to be, it was going to be tough. And, Um, and so I remember my mom, it was her birthday and, um, and she, for her birthday, wanted to have a praise and worship night. Mm. And, uh, and I remember going and they were in the center of the room and cause they host these a lot at their house, praise and worship evenings. And, um, and I was standing, I had my second child was pretty young. Huck was pretty young and I had him like strapped to me. And I remember standing on the back of the room and just feeling mainly fear, just Mm. so afraid. Like Mm. there were so many unknowns. We didn't know what the journey was going to be like. And and, uh, I will never forget that night because I watched my mom and my dad run into all of that darkness full of certain pain and hardship. But they ran towards that with their hands raised in the air, praising God. Mm. And Mm. it was one of those things. It was like an invitation that was hard to resist. And I remember that night I was at the very back of the room, like crying, you know, scared. And by the end of the night, I, I was, I moved to the center <laughs> of the room, like right next to my mom and dad and, um, and experienced that night, like 
the peace and the presence of God wow. in a way that will mark me for the rest of my life. It didn't make any sense to have peace in that moment. We didn't yeah. have any answers. And yet we had this like comfort of the presence of the God mm. who made us and who made the whole universe. And um, I always tell that story and say, my mom and dad would always want me to say two things. One, uh, dad is uh, cancer-free. Like he is doing so well. And we know that that's not the end of every cancer story personally in mm -hmm. our own family, mm -hmm. having lost family members to cancer. But we know, so we know there's no guarantees in this life mm. except for the faithfulness and the love of God. Mm. And, um, and I'm just... I'm so grateful. So actually the song Find You Here, I wrote about that very experience. That's the first song on that Red Sea Road record. Yes. And um, sitting in that verse, rejoice in the Lord always, Philippians 4, 4 through 7, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Hmm. Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, Present your request to God and the peace of God that transcends all of our understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And I just, that command to rejoice always feels almost like cruel some days. You're like, yeah. what? I'm supposed to rejoice in the middle of this thing that is breaking my heart. And I love that like crashing into that command is the promise, the Lord is near. The mm. Lord is near. Mm. And so... um, I am, I'm just so grateful. So actually I recorded the scratch vocal of that song. Like we were just, that's what you do when you're like figuring out the structure of a song. It's not maybe the vocal that you'll keep, but it's just so the players who are going to come play on the, on the track, like the drummer and the guitar player and stuff can have something to play to. So I did the scratch vocal of that song while my dad was, in surgery. Wow. And uh, went straight to the hospital from the studio afterwards. And, and my mom has a picture of, uh, of us listening to just this rough version of this, of the song, Find You Here, mm -hmm. with our arms raised <laughs> in the hospital that day. And I am like, that is who God is. He is a God who meets us in the middle of cold, hospital rooms that are dark and, <laughs> and that are full of questions that are full of sorrow. A lot of times he is a God who meets us in those places. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm so grateful for it. And I guess I write the songs to help remind my soul. Cause I know that there will be certain sorrow ahead and loss ahead. And I just don't want to forget. I want to remind myself. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. And pivoting a little bit on a personal note, like, uh, we're all kind of in this collective, like, hence you and I doing the Zoom call together, right? Like, we are in a collective <laughs> weird season. How are you guys, I mean, you're a musician, your husband's a musician, you have three small children. Uh, how are you guys managing this pandemic? Like, how are you guys doing with all of this? Yeah, you know, uh, I, it is, we are dropping a lot of balls. Everybody's <laughs> like, how are you balancing it all? And I'm like, oh, I'm not. <laughs> Don't not. Yeah. Um, but I think it's been, I think one of my favorite things about this time, even though there's been so much sorrow and so much lost, um, I, I think it's been good to allow ourselves to grieve that mm. and, and to grieve it like 
in an appropriate way with and in front of our kids, like alongside our kids and to drop balls in front of them, to lose our patience and then to, to be able to repent. I'm like, like everybody is having a hard time right now and we are getting to, uh, like work through that together and to work through this process of saying, Mm. oh my gosh, I am so sorry. I totally just lost my patience with you. Will you please forgive me? And to draw near to Jesus and to each other. And so um, that has been a really beautiful thing. And then to practice gratitude together. And there is still so much. There's always a reason to be grateful because of who Jesus is. Like, we get to do this both and thing of we can grieve, we can come as we are because of who Jesus is and what he did on the cross. We can doubt, we can um, groan, and yet we can also look at Jesus and know that this isn't the end of the story. Mm -hmm. Like we always have something to be grateful for. And so it's been a really beautiful thing to practice gratitude as a family. We are not doing this alone. We have we have a, a nanny, which I am so thankful for, who was with us when all this quarantine stuff hit. She was on spring break with us, and we were like, oh, well, we're doing this together. Um, so I always like to say, like, and to acknowledge, and I probably need to do a better job of that on Instagram and social media, like, we are not getting any work done very much at all without helping each other. Like we're tag teaming a lot. And then we have our precious nanny, Maddie, who is an angel from heaven. She's so precious. Um, And so it's been a lot of pivoting and a lot of singing songs from our kitchen. And I've loved that, um, by the way. You and Drew, kitchen covers. That's so fun. Yeah, kitchen covers. It's been really, it's, and Drew, I love, I love my husband. He is a, he is a brave soul. He does not shy away from, um, hard things. He's an eight on Enneagram. He like welcomes a challenge and he's yeah. like, we will do this. Um, and he is, it's been so beautiful to just, I mean, we didn't have this like grand plan. He was like, you know, we have always, music has been a bomb for us mm. for, for so many reasons in so many seasons. And so I think a beautiful way of like walking through this weird and sorrowful and scary time. I mean, mm. all of our work as it has been in the past, like that business as usual is gone. Yes. <laughs> so it yes. was like, and for so many people, that's the case. School as usual is not the same. And so um, I think even in that scariness, it's been such a beautiful thing to sing our way through the sorrow. Mm. Mm. Um, and that has been so good mm. for us to do as well, just like as a practice of, um, of of choosing to like uh, rejoice and yeah. to sing yeah. like even yeah. in the midst of like a really scary season for a lot of us and so um, it's almost felt like I know it's been work for us but it's felt like a spiritual discipline even though we may not be singing like worship songs all the time but to practice this like yeah. showing up and um, and singing and rejoicing even in the midst of. This crazy time has yes, been yes. really, it's been really good for us. And I am, I mean, I'm doing the same thing with, I'm getting ready to go in the studio and I'm like, just, you know, in the kitchen with the kids running around, trying to fix dinner. And, um, and literally just 
like a song idea hits me. So, I mean, like half of my voice memos right now with song ideas have like children playing in the back. <laughs> so it's like, okay, this looks really different, but yeah. in some ways it's so beautiful. It's yeah. everything all mixed up and it's not perfect at all. Uh, but we're trying to show up and give ourselves grace and empathy and give each other, our children's teachers, our community, yes. our families, grace and empathy as mm. well. Mm, that's really good. And so... Now I kind of want to pivot a little bit on like, I like just the practical lessons. Like I love like the very practical application type stuff. So like looking back in your journey, like what would you say are some main just lessons you've learned along the way, main um, just kind of uh, challenges and kind of what you have learned from and maybe even advice or wisdom that you can give those of us who are, I mean, number one, we're all collectively navigating a new season together, right? <laughs> And, uh, but number two, like for those people who are navigating a new journey, like I love that that's kind of been this like hallmark of your career is that you've kind of stepped into these spaces that number one, you said you were never going to (laughs) do, but then number two, that you didn't expect, I mean, you wrote a children's book, right? Like you just released this new song constellations, which is insane and so raw and so honest and so authentic. Mm -hmm. I love it. And it was so perfect like May, right? It's in the yeah. middle of a pandemic about just owning yeah. the fact that we feel alone, but we're not alone. How That's perfect right. is that, right? It's crazy so you're, timing. You, <laughs> so you're stepping into these spaces. So I guess I'd love for those of us listening, encouragement for those of us who probably need to step into some of those spaces, who need to kind of trust yeah. God on that Red Sea Road, if you will, or <laughs> the unexpected journey or the kind of twists and turns that life throws us, you know? So what yeah. what would your advice, your wisdom uh, be for all of us? Yeah, you know, I um, probably the thing, the hallmark thing when I ask, because anytime I'm, I'm, before I make a new record, I am literally on my face. Like, you better tell me because I'm not doing this. <laughs> I am not going until you send me. Um, and so not, I, I guess that sounds a little bossy, but I'm like, I just want to hear from you. Like, I will, I will go where you send me. And so I would just encourage you to ask him. Mm. Like, I think I'm, I'm doing this um, study uh, by Pris- Priscilla Shire mm. called Discerning the Voice of God <laughs> right now. And she just talks about how um, she says that that she talks about when she was little, she, that she thought that her dad was like the worst hider in hide and go seek because like they always found him. <laughs> and so, but she looks back on it now and she's like, oh, my dad wasn't hiding to frustrate us. He was hiding so we could have the joy of discovering him. And so Mm. um, God has given us, he didn't like die on the cross and raise from the dead. And and just so he could get to know us one day in heaven, he like sent his spirit to live Mm. within us. And so like we have the power of the risen Jesus living inside of us. And so I would just encourage you to ask God, to ask him, for guidance, to ask him for direction. I think some of the times I'm like, Lord, I will go where you send me. I will do whatever you tell me to do. And then I'm like my kids in the pool, like when they don't want to listen, they just go underwater. And so I'm like, I will go wherever you send me. (laughs) I can't hear you. So convenient for me. Um, But to, to ask him, um, to ask for wisdom. And I forget a lot of times when I'm in, um, 
Mm. When I'm in a hard season, I feel like I have to muscle through and like work it all out. Mm. And I forget like, I have the Lord. I have a counselor who's called the Holy Spirit who lives within me. Like I can just ask for help. I can ask for help. And so that's been a really beautiful thing recently as I'm navigating whatever new season, transition from one to two kids, transition Mm. into this next record, into this season of writing a book or whatever it is to just ask for guidance. Mm. And he is so faithful. And I think sometimes when we ask, it's simply like a posturing of our heart where we become expectant to see him show up and, wow. and, to, and to see him and hear him in new ways. Um, I would say uh, one of the biggest things uh, that I've learned over the years is like for every one, this, my pastor used to say this, but for every one look that you take at yourself, take 10 looks at Jesus. Like, mm. Um, and that has been a huge thing. Cause sometimes I think you're, especially when you're navigating, like, what am I supposed to do with the season? What am I supposed to do with the season? It is so clarifying to just look to him and to see who he is and to know so much of what he's called us to, he's revealed to us already. You know? And so, um, that is, that is a, a deeply encouraging thing for me. And also to remember like that he is with me. Um, another thing that has been grounding, extremely grounding in every way has been at at grounding myself in his word. Mm. And, and I just, it's been one of the most fruitful things that I've done is memorizing God's word. And it's, it just starts to shift everything, the way that I look at everything. And it's part of that. Everyone look at yourself, take 10 looks at him. It's when I'm praying all of a sudden his word is coming out of my mouth and I'm like, Oh, oh, that's right. This is who you are. This is who you are. Because when I remember who he is, anything that's hard, anything that's breaking my heart, like it helps me. It helps me in whatever, whatever thing that I am facing. When I remember who he is, I'm, I'm given peace. I'm given courage. I'm given hope. And so um, I think one of the biggest things that I feel like he's told me over the years, when I'm looking for direction and guidance. Like, what should I do? What, what do I need to do? Lord, what do I need to do? Literally the thing that I hear most of all, and this is, this is so frustrating sometimes because you're like, no, I need an answer. Um, I just hear him say, you just keep your eyes on me. Mm. You just keep your eyes on me. Ask me, ask Mm. me. And I had a, a lady who is a wife to another touring musician that I know. And I was just like, tell me how you're navigating. She has older kids. They have older kids than mine. And I was like, just tell me what I'm supposed to do. Am I supposed to homeschool? Are my kids supposed to be in school? I don't know how to navigate this season of my life. And she goes, you know what? I could tell you our story and I'm happy to do that. She was like, but I would just really encourage you ask the Lord, get your marching orders from him because it is not going to be helpful. I think so many days, um, like, just this current season, we look at Instagram yes. and we're like, oh, I need to be doing it like that mom. I mean, like I yes. look at stay at home moms and I'm like, oh no, I am failing my kids. I'm supposed <laughs> to be doing this. Or I look at other moms who are doing the touring thing differently. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I, I should be like them. And it's like, no, I should be doing what you are calling me to do, Mm. Lord. And I want to ask you for that direction. I don't need to be, I mean, of course we can gain wisdom from looking to the left and to the right. But I almost hesitate to tell anybody, this is exactly how you do it. I would say, ask him, keep your eyes on him. And that way, whatever you're doing, even if you end up on the wrong path or you're like making mistakes, which happens to me 
all the time for the record. I'm like, ooh, I said yes to way too many things. This is too much. <laughs> and I think the really important thing is when I do that, when I find myself, I'm like, oh man, this is too busy. I'm not okay. My kids are not okay. My husband's not okay. Like it's what happens at that point, how I respond to those moments is to say, okay, Lord, this is too much. This is clear too much. Give me wisdom and how to step back and how to peel back and how to respond to that. Mm-hmm. And so that's been so freeing for me because we make mistakes. We're going to make decisions that maybe aren't the right thing. Or you get into something, you're like, oh, I thought this was going to be this and this actually isn't. So we pivot and there is grace and mercy for every step mm-hmm. along the journey. And I'm just so grateful. So I think I w- my biggest piece of advice would be like, fix your eyes on Jesus. Like, I never regret that. I never, I never look back and I'm like, I should not have looked to him. I should not have asked him. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's really, really good. Thank you so much for, for being here with us. And thank you for just the time. And um, so we really appreciate it. Thank you, Ellie. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And that is a wrap for our green chair conversation with Ellie Holcomb. Thank you so much for being connected with us today. Don't forget, you can share today's conversation with a friend or even post on your social media platforms if you're interested in connecting further or getting additional resources to take this conversation beyond the chair. You can email me at greenchair at hopechurchmemphis.com. Love you guys. See you next week.